Hi, this is Pastor Chris from Pure Church in Fort Pierce, Florida. We want to welcome you to our new series called Surrender, Taking Off the Old and Putting on the New, where Pastor Nick talks about the process of surrendering our lives to Jesus and living a life pleasing to God. We hope you enjoy the series, and don't forget to join us in service every Sunday at 11 a.m. You're allowing the enemy to use your imagination to predict the future. What you're doing is you are, when you understand that your mind, your will, your imagination, your emotions, who you are on the inside, the seed that you put in there, that you cultivate, that you meditate on will produce what you're looking at. So when you feel an ache in your arm, then the thought goes through your mind, am I having a heart attack? How many are with me? You have a cramp in your belly and you're like, oh, do I have stomach cancer? How ridiculous is that? But the enemy brings this package of sickness and disease. And he wants you to accept the package. And he wants you to meditate on it so that you can birth it and produce it in your life. What you allow in through the eye gates, through the ear gates and into the heart that you speak about, you start creating with the words of your mouth because death and life are in the power of your tongue. You begin to create your future and you begin to frame the world that you live in. And so you can change your future, you can change your life by what you meditate on, what you put in the heart, and what you begin to speak out of your mouth. This is the law of faith, what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Because you're created in the image and the likeness of God. And God creates things this way. We're designed in His image. And this is how it works. Whether you believe it or not, it's how it works. So what are you creating? What are you meditating on? What is it that's alive on the inside of you? You have something living in your thoughts. What is predominantly living in your mind? Is it stuff that happened 15, 20 years ago? What is living in you? What sound is living in you? Is it trauma? Is it pain? Is it what people did to you? Are you still stuck somewhere in the past? Or have you been born again? You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And God has begun to show you the things that he has in your future. And you have to decide where it is that you're going to live. You're either going to live in what God said or you're going to live in what people say, what the enemy said, or what you say. And I want to help you break out. I want you to break out of all the restrictions that have been holding you back. And I want you to enter into a new season. I want you to enter into the good things that God has prepared for your life. But it's a choice. And I understand the struggle of how to break through. I get it. But you have to believe that God is real, that God exists, and that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You have to understand that the Word of God is seed. Look at someone and say, The Word of God is seed. 
Open your Bible to the book of Mark. The book of Mark. Father, I thank you for your word today. Your word is seed. And we're going to scatter your seed into the hearts of your people. I thank you, Lord, that the seed is going to go into the ground. It's going to take root. It's going to produce a blade, a stalk, leaves, fruit. And Father, your people will experience the fruit of your word. In the mighty name of Jesus. Look at somebody and tell them that the seed produces after its kind. Find somebody else and tell them, say, do you know that seed produces after its kind? So whatever seed you sow, that's the harvest you're going to get. Look at somebody and tell them the seed you sow determines the harvest you get. Say, words are seeds. And they have the ability to produce what they say. Within the seed is everything for that seed to have full fruit. So if you take an apple seed and you plant it into the ground, an apple tree might take a lot longer than a carrot to grow. But within the seed is apples. Within the seed is a carrot. But it's a tiny seed. But it has the power within it to produce, reproduce after its kind. So if you have bitterness and judgment on the inside of you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create thorns, thistles, spiky things. And because when you're bitter and you have seeds of bitterness, you can sow that bitter seed into your spouse and into your children and into your friends and reproduce what you're feeling in other people's lives. And the same thing is with God's Word. When you have faith in your heart and you have testimonies of what God has done in you, you're eating the good fruit of what God has done. Now when they come up here and share testimonies about what God has done in them, they have seed in that fruit that you're eating that's going to reproduce the harvest in your life. What we need to understand is that unless, like if I'm standing up here and I don't have the fruit of what I'm talking about in my life, it won't reproduce in your life. Because I'm a fake, I'm a phony, I'm a liar, and I'm teaching stuff that I don't even live by. But when it's real in me, I can share it with you and it can reproduce in your life. And so you have to find people that know how to produce things according to the Word of God and go sit and listen to them so that they can share their seed with you. So if you want to understand how to get your finances in order, go see Mike and Selena. You want to figure out how to get your body right, go see Mr. Freeze. Because he seems to have it together. Can you say amen? If you want to know how to live by faith, come talk to me because this is how I live. You want to understand how to make money? Come see our little family right over here. Because <laughs> they are principles that when you understand them, they begin to change the way you think and change the way you live. Everybody with me? Mark chapter 4. Jesus speaking. 
Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat and he sat in the boat. And while all the people remained on the shore, he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across its field, some of the seed fell on the footpath. And the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon withered under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. So they produced no grain. Still other seed fell on the fertile soil. They sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who had gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. And he replied, you're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Verse 13, then Jesus said to them, If you cannot understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? So Jesus was laying a foundation for how things work in the kingdom of God through this passage of Scripture. The book of Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth remains, there will be seed, Time and harvest. Cold heat, day, night will not cease to exist. So as long as you remain, look at the person next to you and tell them you're made from the dust of the ground. Say you're a dirt bag. Seeds grow on the inside of dirt. Say words are seed. Say words grow in you if you'll keep them in the ground. Say only the words that are in the ground will produce. I'll go over here to the dirt bags over here. (laughs) Only the seed that you keep in the ground will produce. So there is the law of seed, time, and harvest. You plant seed, you wait some time, and you're going to get a harvest. It's just how it works. But the seed is going to go through a process of birthing. And when you take a look at the story of Mary in the book of Luke... Mary has this encounter with the angel Gabriel. And the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Highly favored woman, do not be afraid. Listen, when you see an angel, the first thing they're going to tell you is, Fear not, because it'll freak you out. Trust me. Just me, my wife standing around the corner and jumping out and going, Wow, freaks you out. Imagine an angel appearing. Saying greetings. I don't know if I can handle that. So let me go there quickly while while I'm on the subject because I don't want to butcher it. Luke chapter 1. And here Mary said, confused and disturbed, she tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. And here God starts laying out his plan for her. 
Luke 1, 31, he said, You will conceive and give birth to a son. Even gives her the name of the child. You will name him Jesus. Says who he will be. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne. He'll be a king. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. So it was impossible for her to have a child because she's still a virgin. And this is where the supernatural kicks in. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And something supernatural will happen and you will give birth to the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. She was barren, but she has conceived a son and is in her sixth month. For the Word of God, look at somebody and say, The Word of God will never fail. Say that, the Word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And the angel left her. The King James says, be it unto me according to your word. You see, you have to surrender your mindset to receive what God says. Even when it contradicts your reality. God says you can, he's got a good plan for your life. He's got good thoughts for your life. He's got a book written with all his thoughts concerning what he thinks about you. It's in the heart of God for you. God has planned out your life. He's prepared good works for you. God has secret things that he wants to share with you. Things he wants to show you about your life. The Bible is seed. The Bible is full of words that you can sow into your heart so that you can get an understanding of who God is, what God has for you, and you can read all the stories about what God has done for other people as testimony of what God can do for you. Even though a lot of their peop these people's lives were messed up, jacked up, came from crazy families, were weak, God used them and did mighty things through them. They're examples of faith that God can do mighty things through you if you will let Him. And Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Be it unto me according to your word. So you have to come to the place where you will be ready to receive the word of God. I have journals that I write in. In the front of the journal, on the cover page, I've written God's word to me. There's things that God wants to speak to you personally about your life that, are, that is not written in the Bible. It's not written in the Bible in Nicholas 1, chapter 3. Because that book doesn't exist in the Bible. But it exists in the heart of God. Go to America. Mary Misty. Start a church. That's not written in there anywhere. That comes out of the mouth of God through relationship. And that's what Jesus died to pay for. So that you can come to know the good things that God has prepared for your life. Because you have a heavenly father that loves you. That you're made in his image. And if you'll just get to know him, he'll share secret things with you. But we have to surrender all the distractions 
we have to surrender the flesh, all the sins of the flesh, practicing sin. That means you're using your body as an instrument to do things that are against what God has called you to live in. There are boundaries that we're to live in that produce life and life more abundantly. The minute you cross outside of that boundary, you're now exposing yourself for your life to have been stole from, stolen from, destroyed, hurt. And what we need to do is we need to stay within the boundaries of the parameters of what God has called us to live in so that we stay blessed. So that we don't open ourselves up for the thief to come in and steal. You say, what are you talking about? Well, if you ripped a tree out of the ground, what would happen to the tree? It would die. Why? Because it's not rooted and grounded in its natural environment that produces life. If you took a fish out of the water and dropped it on the ground, it would flop around for a few minutes, but eventually it would die. Why? Because you took it out of its natural environment. And you, when you cross outside of the boundaries that God has designed for your life, you open yourself up to destruction. Look at the person next to you and tell him, I don't know if you know this, but you were designed to live in the presence of God. When you're not living in those parameters, your heart is filled with junk that is outside of what God's plan is for your life. And the enemy wants to separate you from God so that you don't walk in peace, you don't walk in joy, you don't walk in love. You're not patient, you're not kind. None of the fruit of the Spirit is there. None of the gifts of the Spirit are there. You're stressed out, in fear, sick, broke, angry, tired. Why? Because you're living in your own strength. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you have to break out of dependence in your own strength and your own ability. And you have to come into the place where you and God communicate, commune, are one. And where God can infuse His power into you. His strength into you. His dreams into you. His life into you. And that means you have to die to things. Look at the person next to you and say, you've got to die to some stuff. Die. You got to die to religion. You got to die. What is religion? Religion is you doing things. They are religious practices that are without the presence of God. They don't produce life. You can come to church and it not produce life. Because you don't understand why we're here. You got to die to the sins of the flesh. You've got to nail those things to the cross. You've got to come to the altar and say, I'm done with addiction. But you've got to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm done with it. Every form of addiction. I'm done with living my own way. I'm done with my foul mouth. I'm done with lust. I'm done with anger. I'm done with bitterness and judgment. I'm done with gossip. I'm done living in the flesh. I'm done whining and complaining. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm coming to the cross. I'm nailing this old nature to the cross. And it's going to die there. And I'm going to birth into things that Christ has prepared for me. 
But until you lay it down and come to the end of it and come to the cross and have the blood of Jesus set you free from it, you're going to live in that state. There's certain things that you cannot break out of in your own strength. And what you have to do is you have to tap into the seed that is going to produce a different mindset in you. Romans chapter 12, give your bodies to God. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs and the pattern of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. 3 John 1, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. If we're not taking the time to get the seed of the Word of God into our hearts, our mindsets are not going to change. Can you say amen? What I'm excited about in the Word is that the Word has so much to show you and tell you. But if we're never hungry for it, and we never eat of it, we're never going to grow up and mature. And you have a responsibility beyond Sunday morning to read your Bible. Don't expect the professional to train you. We can show you the way, but you have to live the way. If you diet once a week and then eat whatever you want the rest of the week, it'll help a little, but it's not going to produce real changing, life-changing, epic results. It's something that you have to do daily. Can you say amen? So I want to talk about the condition of your heart. You can clearly see here that if you will accept the Word of God and you will keep the Word of God in, in the ground... It'll produce after its kind. That means if you need salvation, you need you know your life is right with God, go read scriptures that say that you are in Christ, that you are forgiven. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Go read scriptures and let them become a reality in you so that you'll never doubt God again. Are you with me? Well, what if you need healing in your life? The seed produces after its kind. Go to the Bible, find words concerning healing, and eat those words, plant those seeds, keep them in the ground, meditate on them day and night until they produce fruits of healing. Now you can walk in divine health. Why? Because you believe it. It's part of you. You're not trying to get healed. You are healed. If you need prosperity in your life, Go find out what the Word of God has to say about that. If you need peace in your life, go figure out how to do that. If you need joy, how do you tap into joy? It's all in there if you'll go look for it. Preach, baby. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. So back to the book of Mark. And Jesus explains... He says, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. What does this represent? This represents hard ground. Everybody say hard ground. When your ground is hard, you don't, you're not open to receive what the word of God has to say concerning that subject. So you might be open to hearing the word of salvation but you're totally against hearing the word of the Holy Ghost. Talk to me about getting saved, but don't tell me about getting filled with the Spirit. Don't talk to me about a heavenly language that unlocks so that I can have direct communication with God. 
Don't talk to me because that's freaking me out right now. I'm not ready for that. Steak is a little too big for me to chew. Are you with me? And so if your ground is hard, say if I'm not, if I'm not open to receive, I'm in pride. I'm, I have hard ground and God's word cannot produce in that area. So the Bible says that the enemy comes to steal the word at once. Why? Because it's not planted and it's not going to produce anything. Then he talks about a second condition of the heart. He said, the seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those that hear the message, immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So just like a baby in the womb, once conception takes place, listen, if your wife says, listen, I'm not interested, no conception happening. There's no intimacy, no baby coming. Can you say amen? All the men are like, yeah, I get that. The married men, I hope. But once your wife conceives, she could lose that child before it's born. Is that true? And so... She could have a miscarriage, and she could lose that child. Well, just like the Word of God is planted, you're open to receive it. It gets rooted into the ground. If you're persecuted, everybody with me, you can, you can let that Word of God go. And you've got to understand that the Word of God is going to face tests. You're going to be tested because why the devil wants to take the word of God away from you because he knows that if you'll keep it in the ground, if you'll meditate on it, you'll water it, you'll not let it go and you'll press in, that seed will produce life and it'll produce fruit in your life. He doesn't want you to have the fruit of the word of God in your life. Can you see that you are a garden and that words grow on the inside of you? And you have to decide what words are you allowing in you. Is your garden full of weeds, poisonous snakes, and spiders? Or is it a beautiful garden that has fruit that when people come around you, they want to be around you? Why? Because you're full of the fruits of God and the fruits of the Spirit. You come around people and you're like, I don't like being around that person. And you've got all these reasons why. They drain me. They're too much for me. They never stop with the problems. The things they're talking about today, they were talking about 20 years ago. Going around the same mountain, round and round and round. But then you come around people and they refresh you, they inspire you, they encourage you. You walk away from them, you feel empowered that you can go do great things. What's growing in you? We're going to examine the heart here in a minute, and we're going to find out what's in the garden. And I'm going to set fire to the weeds. We're going to rip some stuff out of the ground today that doesn't belong there. Can you say amen? We're going to pull it out by its roots, and it will no longer produce fruit in your life. And then we're going to get your garden fertilized. We're going to plow that ground. We're going to put some real seed into that ground. Can you say amen? And then we're going to worship. We're going to water that ground. We're going to let God saturate it. 
We're going to let the river break out from underneath and bring resources to the roots. Can you say amen? So the Word of God is rooted and grounded by the river of life. And it will produce fruit every season. Every season, something brand new coming out of you. Because you're alive. Can you say amen? Hmm. Shabba. All right, let's finish this before I get too excited. Asante, that's the word. Like Asante, that's what that lady was saying in Swahili. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. So you can have the word in the ground, you can overcome persecution, but now I'm waiting too long for this thing to produce fruit, so I forget about it, and I allow other things to distract me and pull me away. All three attitudes of the heart that don't understand what's on the inside of them, hard ground, shallow ground, thorny ground, produce nothing. Your heart, the attitude of your heart towards God's word is not open, and you don't understand the power in that seed. Nor do you understand the law of seed time and harvest. Because if you really understood it, you would not let go of the word of God. You would write it out, you would meditate upon it, you would keep it before your eyes, you would speak about it, and you would not allow anything to steal the word from you. Can you say amen? Just like the Lord spoke to me in November 2017, and He said, you're moving from renting to owning. I have not let that word go. That is something I talk about every day. That is something that I think about every day. So when do you talk about it? Talk about it to myself. You talk to yourself all the time. You mutter. That's meditation. But what are you muttering? What are you thinking? What are you processing? I'm not wasting my time thinking about coronavirus. Why? Because I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Because I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No plague, no pestilence will come near my dwelling. Though a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand are dying around me, none of these evils shall come nigh me. So when you know the Word of God, there's certain things that you don't worry about. Why? Because you're rooted and grounded in Him. Can you say amen? So there's some things that I don't even worry about. I don't even think about. What am I touching? What am I breathing? You'll die. Either God protects you or He doesn't. Either your immune system is designed to keep you strong or it isn't. Did God know what he was doing when he created the immune system? You think the Alpha and the Omega had no idea about plagues, pestilence, and disease? He said, if you love me and you obey me and you'll serve me, none of the sicknesses that came upon the Egyptians will come upon you because you've redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus became a curse and was hung on a tree. And all the curse of the law does not belong to you. Only the blessings. So I'm blessing my bread basket. You should have seen what I ate yesterday. It was epic. I am drinking Perrier this morning. French bubbly. My refrigerator is blessed. I never open my refrigerator and say, oh, there's nothing. 
there's, there's too much in my refrigerator. Can you say amen? My breadboard is blessed. My children are blessed. My woman is blessed. She knows she blessed. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm, that's going to hurt me. All right, let me finish this. Let me, let me, let me get through this. We'll just, I, I repent. <laughs> and the seed that fell on good soil, say, I'm good soil. Represents those that hear and accept God's word, and it produces a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Who can I pick on? Santi, come here. Okay, so this is, this is what God wants. Just a little bit right here. <laughs> so this is what God wants. I come to Santiago. He doesn't know God. I preach the gospel to him. Santiago grabs the gospel. He believes. I'm saved. He prays the prayer of salvation. He turns around. He looks at his wonderful wife. And he says to his wife, baby, I accepted Jesus. She says, well, I hate Jesus. And I don't want you going to church. So persecution comes for believing the word from those closest to you. So he can say, well, I, I'm, I can't handle my wife being angry at me. I'm leaving the word of God. So it produces no fruit in his life. He's, he doesn't know if he's saved. He doesn't know if he's going to heaven. He knows his wife definitely isn't going to heaven, you know. He, he's not hard ground. He was open to receive the word. Then he received the word. He went and told his friends, his family, and those what he believed. They persecuted him. He let it go. Well, then he comes around the mountain one more time. He sees me. I say, hey, bro, how are things going with you and Jesus? He's like, nah, things aren't going really good. I said, man, you just got to believe the word. You got to press into the word. And he pressed in. He went and told his beautiful wife, you know, you got to accept Jesus, our family. We got to serve the Lord. He brings peace into my heart. You got to have this. And she's, you know, She's having a baby, and she's really, you know, struggling. And she's like, yeah, I need peace in my heart. So she accepts Jesus too. Now they start coming to church. And now they're doing really good. And then all of a sudden, things start turning around. They start making money. And now all of a sudden, you know what? We are blessed. Things are good. We don't need God anymore. So what, what happens? They leave the Word of God one more time. Why? Because the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, pulled them away one more time. Well, then they're out there, they're living their best life, so they think, and then they realize, you know what, it's not really working. We really, even though we have money, we have food in the refrigerator, all this stuff, there's no peace in our hearts. We really need Jesus. We got to go back to church. So they come back to church, but this time they go through leadership. They become members of the church. They get plugged in, right? Now their kids are starting to be blessed because, you know, they were rebels before, but now they love them. They clean their rooms. They're such good kids. And they're so thankful about what God is doing in their lives. So now what they do is the one seed that was sown into my brother Santiago, he, he finds Mike Rolden. So, hey, Mike, come up here. So now he shares the fruit of what God has done in his life with Mike. And now Mike goes and tells his spouse he got saved. And she says, well, I hate Jesus. 
But because he understands what it was like for his wife to tell him, he can encourage him in that area and how to overcome it so he doesn't let go of the Word of God. And then when Mike and Mayra, they get into God and they're in it and everything, now all of a sudden life is good and they start slipping away. Well, he's a brother. He says, no, bro, I went through that. We slipped away from the things of God. It was horrible. We went around the mountain, even though we had cool stuff. There was no peace in our hearts. You guys have got to stick it through and press in. Why? Because he walked that journey, and he can help Mike get through the wilderness quicker. It's not going to take him 40 years. He can cross it in seven days. Can you say amen? But Mike has to make a decision. I'm either going to learn through wisdom, or I'm going to learn through pain. I'm either going to learn from the brother that I trust, or I'm going to say, you know what? I got this. I can do it. I don't need you. And then you just struggle and struggle until you surrender and come back. Can you say amen? Well, then, he doesn't just reach Mike. Come, come on, Mike, Selena, I need, I need people. Come on, people. Come here. Stand over here. So, Santiago reaches Mike. He reaches Selena. He reaches Mike. Then these three people go reach people. You grab yourself a person. You go grab yourself a person. You go grab yourself a person. But he's still winning souls, so go grab yourself a person. So what is happening to the seed? The one seed that was planted in Santiago is now producing fruit. 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. The one word in him that he grabbed hold of and began to live didn't just produce life in him, it produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. And that's multiplication in the kingdom of God. God wants the bread of life, the word of life, to be rooted and grounded in you first so that you can break it and share it with others. Can you say amen? Thank you. You may all be seated. So here's my question to you this morning. What fruit is evident in your life that you're discipling others and teaching to others? And let me tell you where it starts. It starts in your own household first. If, you're not, if it's not going to your wife and your kids, you're not ready to go outside of the house. You've got to reach Jerusalem first. Then Judea, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. Say, so if it's not working in my house... I don't have fruit to share with anybody else's house. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that if you desire to be an elder or you desire to be somebody in leadership in the church, you've got to have your own household in order first. Because if you can't take care of your own house, how are you going to take care of the house of God? And if you don't understand how this principle works, where you get revelation, you make sure that that revelation is active and happening in your life, then you start sharing it with others. Sure, love. I just want to clarify what does a house in order look like? You know, because a lot of people are like, yo, yeah, come to my house. It is spotless. It is in order. My laundry is done. My kitchen is clean. Um, everything's in order. That is not a house. That's not what it's talking about, a house in order. The condition of the hearts of the people that live in your house, is it in order? Are your children in order? Are you raising godly heirs? 
Are you fighting amongst yourself? Is there unity in your home? That's a house in order. So I just wanted to clarify that because a lot of people, there's the difference between religion and a house in order. Do you know what I'm saying? Because religion is like, it looks great. Come, come to my home and come see what's happening. You know what I mean? But it's not the outward appearance that God is looking for. It's the inward appearance that God is looking for. I'm not telling you that you can have your house dirty. I'm not saying that. You know what I mean? God likes cleanliness too. But what I'm saying is it's the condition of your heart. And it's, it's um, the heart is what God is looking for, not only for you, but for your household as well. And that you're leading your family towards God. Is that good or what? Does that help you? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little exercise. Okay? We're going to dim the lights. And we're going to play a soft, subtle mix. And then what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the Lord, just being thankful. And now the Bible says the kingdom of God is where? Within me. So... Let me help you understand this. When you, when you want to worship God, the minute you close your eyes, you begin to see what's in your heart. And if I've got, I'm angry with Misty right now in my heart, I cannot connect with God. Why? Because that's a giant stopping me from entering into the presence. I have to deal with that area before I can access the presence of God. Are you with me? You cannot judge others and expect God not to judge you for your sins. The key is forgive and you will be forgiven. And there is a process here of getting the heart clean. But God will show you step by step the things that you need to deal with. And it's very easy. The minute you close your eyes and you lift your hands, you surrender, you say, God, speak to me. The first thing you're going to see is all the issues. Those are all distractions, and those are the giants that you need to lay down in your own mind before your heart is at rest for you to enter into the presence. Oh, this is so good. I hope you get it. See, a lot of you want visions. You want to hear God. You want to know the secret things that God has for you. But if you have all this junk on the inside of you that is undealt with, you don't hear, you don't see, you don't know. You need the Holy Ghost to help you. Can you say amen? And there's a process of stripping off the old. And every giant that you take down in your heart unlocks something that God has for you in the spirit. Are you with me? Say onions have layers. And there's layers that need to be stripped off you until we get to the core. Can you say amen? But you have to go on this journey and say, this is the temple of God. I want my heart clean. Holy Ghost, come and clean my heart. What is growing in the heart? There's some things that have to be ripped out of the garden and burnt. Because they will continue to produce certain behaviors and actions and words in your life until it's uprooted and thrown away. And there's things that you grow up in and you think everything's good. Everybody with me? You think it's all in order until God exposes what's really in there. And what I want you to understand is God wants to have communion with you. He wants to have relationship with you. 
But there's some things that we need to really deal with. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you and say, we've got to deal with the heart. So just lift your hands right where you are and say, Lord. Stand with me really quickly. We're going to consecrate ourselves to the Lord today. Maybe you've done this before. We'll do it again. So this is the prayer I'm getting ready to pray. And the prayer is that your body belongs to God, your mind belongs to God, your heart, your will, your emotions. Who you are, you are surrendering to His Lordship. He has now authority to deal with you in the way that He wants to, which will be love and correction. Everybody with me? God corrects people He loves. He doesn't put sickness and disease on them. He speaks and He reveals things, and He's a good, kind, loving God. But you have to come to the place where you say, I'm surrendering this temple to you. I need my temple clean because I want to have a relationship with you, and I'm tired of stuff getting in between me and you, God. Are you with me? So if, if you're ready to consecrate and you're ready to break through into a new season and go to a new level, then I want you to pray with me. This is a prayer of consecration. Lift your hands to the Lord and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you today. And I want to know you, God. I want to walk with you, even as man did in the garden. I want to hear your voice. I want to know the good things you prepared for me. I want to know what's in your heart. I'm here to serve you. To do your will as a bride ready to birth your word into this realm. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. My life belongs to you. I need you to lead me, God, and guide me, protect me, walk with me, show me, teach me. I cannot do anything without you, God. I am totally dependent upon you. I give you my mind, my thoughts, my imagination. I give you my memory. I give you my will. I surrender my will into your hands. My emotions. Sometimes they're all over the place. And I need you, God, to bring stability into my emotions. I give you my temple, my hands, my feet, my mouth, my eyes, my ears. I surrender my temple to you, God. And now I ask you, Holy Spirit, to scan my heart, search my heart. If there is anything within me, God, that's alive in me, that is not pleasing to you, remove it from my life. Uprooted from my heart. I ask it in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That He died and He rose from the dead. He's glorified 
seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority and power. He's my role model, and I'm becoming more like Jesus. I give you my life, God. Just begin to thank Him. I'm just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. What's up?